Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. And before we bring on our live guest today, I want to invite you to join the conversation by calling us at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. Or you can log into our chat room at toginet.com and follow us on Twitter at HHTalkRadio and even tweet at us at the hashtag HarvestingHappiness. Today is my first live Live, I'm back, show in 2014. We were on hiatus for a couple of weeks, and it is fabulous to be back. And we are starting 2014 profiling a military show about assisting veterans and their families in out-of-the-box and non-traditional ways. My first guest is Deborah Lewis, who launched Channel Productions in 2010 to create the first directories of their kind specializing in creative style videos that capture global attention. While covering a fundraiser for veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder and service dogs, Deborah became intrigued by this emerging and miraculous treatment for veterans who would otherwise face a desperate end. In the summer of 2013, she began production on the documentary, A Life of Thai, as in T-H-A-I, to raise awareness of the extraordinary support service dogs can bring to reclusive veterans battling PTSD. Channel Productions is presently raising funds for these highly trained service dogs. Welcome, Deborah. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us on your show. This is unbelievable. Oh, well, this is, this is great. This is uh, great uh, alchemy for all of us because we love profiling 
people who are doing great works to serve our veterans, and not just in the United States, but in Canada and other countries. Uh, let's face it, war is uh, global. And when these young women who go off to fight come home, it really is our responsibility as civilians as well as veterans to take care, you know, to take care of the hearts and minds of those who have given so valiantly. Yes, especially when we send them uh, during, you know, the, the prime of their lives um, and uh, they come back um, ill and, and injured. It is our responsibility to take care of them. Indeed. Let's talk about how you began the life of Thai with this fundraiser. Um, and this was about raising awareness for the plight of Canadian armed forces. Uh, that's correct. Um, for um, veterans that were dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, an emerging treatment, um, uh, it, it's more emerging up here than it is down in the States because uh, you're farther ahead than we are. Um, but uh, it's a, a treatment using service dogs that um, these um, highly trained animals can learn uh, oh, probably over 65 different commands. And uh, they, they can take a, a veteran um, that it literally is uh, having suicidal thoughts uh, to just totally turning their lives around and, um, you know, uh, allowing them to reconnect with their families first and, and uh, their communities um, and then uh, going on to help other veterans um, that maybe are not aware of this uh, treatment. Uh, often what happens is it's so miraculous that um, they're on maybe up to 25, 30 different pills a day and they actually either um, eliminate or, or substantially reduce uh, the number of pills uh, that they take and the therapies um, you know, that they're um, uh, using to um, deal with their post-traumatic stress disorder. So it really is um, absolutely amazing. It is amazing, and I'd like to just uh, touch upon some of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder for those that may not know, because not everyone knows. When loved ones are exposed to extreme levels of stress and repetitive stress, as they often are when they are deployed in, in the theater, when they are off to war in combat, um, several symptoms can present. Suicidal ideology, of course, is one that we're reading about in, in, in the news constantly, but there are others that are more subtle and that can uh, accumulate to become a greater problem if they're not addressed. And I'm going to touch upon some and then please feel free to chime in. You know, some of them are sleep disturbances, mood disorders, um, irritability, uh, having a, a hair trigger temper, um, flashbacks, anxiety attacks, depression, um, inability to relate and connect with loved ones and activities that once brought pleasure in, in one's life. And these are just a, a sampling. There are a myriad of others. And what I hear you saying with the service dogs is that um, the, the process uh, that the dogs offer the companion is one of connection. And t talk a little bit about the process of how the dog serves um, its companion. Uh, I the bond that forms uh, goes beyond um, a human pet bond. Uh, these animals um, restore, uh, you know, their, their, I guess, their faith in humanity. Um, it, you know, they, for example, the dogs uh, will wake them up from uh, night terrors. And uh, I, you know, have not experienced a night terror myself, but I've, it's been described to me. And uh, these veterans and soldiers have them on a regular basis to the point where they cannot get through one night without having many different um, 
extreme nightmares. These dogs sleep with them. I mean, they're by their side 24-7. And these dogs actually are trained to wake up um, soldiers and veterans from um, from a night terror attack before it becomes full-blown. Um, so, you know, that's just one example. But they, it, it's a spiritual, intuitive relationship um, slash bond that forms uh, that goes beyond um, a regular pet. And that's what I would imagine, that it is all about restoring a level of trust uh, and faith, as you mentioned, you know, the trust in, in, in the animal as a companion, and then also the trust in oneself, you know, that they can weather these emotional storms when, when they come. Do the dogs sense anxiety? Is that part of the, the, um, the training that they receive? Absolutely, um, and, and you know, a lot of research has been done down in the United States regarding the uh, capabilities of uh, a dog's sense of smell, for example, and they uh, can smell the change in a person's blood chemistry. So if you and I were having an anxiety attack and uh, a service dog was, was close by, uh, they would alert us that, um, you know, uh, because they can smell the change. And uh, they would distract us. They would um, they would try to get attention. They would perhaps, if we weren't um, um, you know responding, they would actually put their paws on our chest and um, you know try to get us back to um, uh, to the real world. And uh, you know it, it it's uh, just amazing their sense of smell and um, that um, a lot of our soldiers and veterans are dealing with other illnesses besides PTSD. For example, uh, diabetes, and they can actually smell the difference in the blood sugar uh, changes and alert their owner that they need to go take their insulin or their pills. Amazing. Um, let's talk about the extraordinary measures that um, soldiers and veterans themselves are taking to bring awareness of the viability of service dogs being sometimes a miraculous solution to a very complicated and difficult challenge. Well, if I could um, give you an example of, of a gentleman by the name of George um, who uh, was very suicidal last spring. Um, George actually um, uh, had a plan where he wanted to save the embarrassment of his family, uh, so he was going to um, uh, go out of province um, to commit suicide and had left a suicide note for uh, his friend. His friend luckily found the note and stopped him and said, um, you know, we can find help. And um, uh, George, uh, from that day, uh, uh, very shortly after, came across uh, the service dogs and uh, within a very short period of time um, was matched up, was paired up with his dog uh, called Vardo. And uh, um, since then, um, George and Vardo have gone on to um, uh, create awareness with other veterans or for other veterans that this is available by being very public um, and actually marching um, uh, on Parliament Hill, um, which would be the same as your Capitol Hill, um, and uh, reaching out to uh, Canadians and politicians and, um, you know, everyone that there, there is uh, darkness that can turn into light simply by uh, letting these animals into their lives. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful pairing of um, humanity, you know, and, and kindness and gentility, which is part of the key to the recovery and healing process. And I want to uh, just throw a fact out there that there are zero 
veterans that have service dogs that have committed suicide. We are going to go to a break, and, and we're going to come back and talk with one of your colleagues, Barry Westholm, about this and carry on this conversation, and maybe you can stay with us and be on the line with us. But this is an extraordinary wonderful statistic that no one has committed suicide in Canada that has had a, a service dog to help um, manage PTS symptoms. To learn more about the life of Ty, and we'll get into Ty when we return, you can go to www.channelproductions.ca, and the CA is for Canada. And um, uh, Debbie is raising funds. She is crowdsourcing for this project. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about something very near and dear to my heart and our hearts here on the show, and that is veterans and when they return from service, how we as civilians can help these young men and women readjust to uh, civilian life and how to cope with post-traumatic stress and other challenges that arise from the war experience. And we've got two amazing people here who are doing that, doing just that. Um, we have Debbie Lewis, who is making a documentary film called A Life of Thai, and that's T-H-A-I. And Debbie, tell us a little bit about Thai, this beautiful service dog. Well, uh, Ty and I, uh, we were introduced um, uh, probably back in the summer when um, I was uh, just, um, it was like the light switch went on when I heard about veterans and service dogs. 
uh, during this fundraiser. And um, a friend of mine had mentioned uh, that there was a gentleman that had walked from a veteran that had walked from Nova Scotia to or to Ottawa was in the process. And she thought I would be very interested in in meeting with him and perhaps uh, filming him, which I did. And uh, listening to his speech, um, I, I was just uh, just overwhelmed with emotion um, with respect to uh, this treatment because he had post-traumatic stress disorder for over 25 years, lived in his woodshed in his backyard, had very little contact with his uh, wife and children. And um, someone had mentioned 25 years later, you know, have you considered a service dog? And uh, he looked into it, and within months, he was planning this walk uh, to walk over a 1,000 kilometers to raise awareness uh, for other veterans that were dealing with, with the same illness. And uh, I met um, uh, the beautiful Ty um, when I was filming him in four different locations. Um, the last one was uh, he met with the Minister of Veterans Affairs, um, in a private meeting, and um, you know, uh, uh, Ty accompanies him everywhere, and has just totally changed his life around. Um, uh, again, going from suicidal thoughts to uh, marching on Parliament Hill with the other veterans and their service dogs, and he's been on, I think, every TV show and radio show up here in Canada. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic, and it is a, a, a testimony to the power of our four-legged friends and how they can touch our hearts and our minds and be therapeutic companions. And we have a gentleman with us who is a colleague of yours. His name is Barry Westholm, who is a 31-year veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces. He's been deployed on several Canadian Armed Forces, UN, and NATO tours to locations including the former West Germany, Cambodia, Haiti, Central America, and Syria. In 2013, Sergeant Major Westholm resigned from the CAF in protest over the poor management of the Joint Professional Support Unit, that's the JPSU, and has since been active in seeking assistance for his former unit and the people it serves. Barry has submitted several blogs at Veteran Watch Blog and has challenged his former employer, the CAF, to strengthen the support to ill and injured veterans serving and retired as well as their families. He is a strong supporter of unconventional therapy, including service dogs and equine therapy. Amen to that, Barry. Thank you so much and welcome. And thank you very much for having me here. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor. This work is very near and dear to my heart, and we work with applied positive psychology coaching for veterans and their loved ones who are challenged by PTS. And the uh, concept or the notion of a therapeutic companion, albeit a dog or a horse or even fly fishing, in fact, um, as it relates to helping people um, de-stress and manage these PTS symptoms when they arise. Well, I think it's it's a great thing that what Deborah's doing to, to get the word out because certainly uh, we have to educate the, the military as well that these are really good therapies and, and they work. And, and the military, they work. Well, they work very well. But the military is of a mindset that it's hard to change, and they move very slowly. Uh, if you've been watching the papers, you notice that they were going to court-martial a fellow that brought a service dog to work. And in my line of work, when I was in the military, you know, we had general officers complaining that they were bringing dogs into military buildings. So the, Deborah's uh, job there to get the, the word to these people is just as important, I think, as to get it to the, the people that could really use the service dogs. Indeed. Um, well, part of the problem uh, is that uh, post-traumatic stress 
is called a disorder. And I understand why it's called a disorder, because it's how we throw money to research um, PTS, how we use it as a diagnostic code to get insurance to pay for services. But it does another thing. It also pigeonholes the person who is experiencing the symptoms so they believe that they are sick, that they are crazy, that there is something wrong, as opposed to experiencing the natural result of an unnatural and extraordinary set of repeated stresses. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I have PTSD myself, and, and I'm glad to say that uh, uh, there's more education about uh, PTSD and what it does to people and how to you know, interact with people that, that, that have it, and we've come a long way with that, and, and I hope we we carry on and uh, again the, the um, unconventional therapies you know if I would have had access perhaps to a, uh, a service dog back in 1995 I may not have gone through the, the, the regime I did so uh, I think it's great again what Deborah's doing. It's, it's, it's fantastic what Deborah's doing but the important thing is to understand that what, when you are experiencing these symptoms that it is your, your body you are having a physiological reaction to the stress overload, that there are things happening to you, to your brain and to your body, and oftentimes that is not explained to the person who is experiencing this. They're given a protocol of medication, sometimes a very conventional form of psychotherapy that may or may not be effective. You're correct, and they really seem to uh, do a lot with the medication. I'm not too fond of that, but they, they have some really powerful uh, drugs out there which I think might be more harmful and helpful in some cases. Agreed. And medication is not always the answer. You know, uh, restoring a sense of uh, a trust bond and balance and belief in oneself and to be able to soothe and reduce reduce the stress symptoms when they appear gives control back to the person who is feeling very out of control when the PTS symptoms rear their ugly head. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the unconditional love of a, of a dog uh, does a, a great measure to do that. Indeed. Talk a little bit about the suicide rate in the Canadian forces, because um, the uh, statistics are staggering as they are in the United States. Well, you probably heard what's happened here recently. I think we had uh, nine in a row in the last few weeks uh, for, for people from various parts of the country in various services across the country. And uh, part of my concern when I was with the Joint Personnel Support Unit was we weren't doing enough to reach out and touch these people and, and let them know that they were there to uh, were there to support them. And again, that's why I left. Um, so uh, the the rates are continually going up. Um, the medical uh, facilities or medical component of the Canadian Forces says are just about average with uh, the populace across Canada. But uh, I really don't think that's the case. There's a lot of people on the the front lines of it that are watching a, a rather serious uh, wave of uh, suicidal ideation. Uh, growing, so uh, we've got a real problem out there. And if one is curious as to how to find a therapeutic dog companion to learn how to access um, these dogs who are trained to, to, to help, where would one go in Canada? Mostly online. I know that uh, Deborah right now is engaged with the Canadian Forces to see if they're actually prescribing them from the medical, uh, uh, military medical community. But uh, at this point now, it's by word of mouth and, you know, initiatives like Deborah's doing and, and online. And, of course, word of mouth is, is doing quite well um, with the injured fellows that, that talk to one another, so that's how it's uh, getting out there. 
and in your, on your blog, veteranwatch.blogspot.ca, um, one can search your name, Barry Westholm, and that's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M, and read your blogs and connect with you directly about service dogs as well as any other PTSD work that you may be writing about or, 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 or sharing with your community. Absolutely. Uh, if you just Google my name, Barry Westholm, all that will pop up. And I'm here to help uh, anybody that's in need. If they're listening right now and they, they uh, don't have anybody to talk to or they want to reach out, contact me. And I think this is one of um, a, a, a very potent form of therapeutic companionship in a different way. The idea that one can relate to a peer who has experienced something similar. They may not be the exact same circumstances, but to feel as though that um, you can share your experience, be listened to and understood in a confidential, um, non-clinical setting without the stigma. Absolutely. I guess you could say, uh, you know, I may have walked the walk, and you're right. I don't understand what a lot of people are going through, but but I know that it is hell. And uh, if that uh, will will break the silence, then certainly I'm I'm prepared to uh, to use my experiences to help. And that no one needs to die from this. No. That no one needs to die at their own hands, and, and, and no one needs to continue to perpetuate the suffering. You know, the suffering has existed from the service as a byproduct of the service, and there is help available. There's help in a myriad of ways and to reach out. Um, don't, don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer alone. And in Canada, you have something similar to what we have here in that there are many rural underserved areas where services are not readily accessible. And the Internet is such a valuable place to find resource and connection and community, even if it is in a remote way. That's correct. And I've noticed a a huge uh, happening lately where a lot of uh, civilians and public people are coming together, uh, putting out websites specifically to to reach out to to people who are ill and injured who might not otherwise uh, communicate. And you're also right about suicide being a, a, a decision. And it's um, an option, I should say, that, that really doesn't have to be taken. There are so many things out there to help people that uh, they should be using and we hope they do use before they get in that mindset. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and let's also um, talk a moment about um, Thai. Do you know Thai? No, I don't. Wish I did. And, um, and, and do, you, do you have a dog yourself? I certainly do. I've got the... Uh, um, a shepherd named uh, Whiskey. And where did you connect with Whiskey, or how did you come about your connection with Whiskey? Well, we rescued him, and he was uh, he's a big dog. He's a, a larger breed for sure, but his owner had moved to the city and couldn't keep him anymore, so uh, he put him up on the paper, and we took him, and he's just a wonderful companion to have around. Oh, that's beautiful. So once again, to learn more about Therapeutic Dog Companions in Canada, you can visit um, uh, channelproductions.ca. Please reach out and connect with Debbie Lewis, who is creating a documentary film, A Life of Ties. She's crowdsourcing to raise money to help produce this film. You can connect with her. And then also with Barry Westholm, who is a veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces, who has a Therapeutic Dog Companion and can also reach out to him for support and learn more about what he's writing about and raising awareness of at veteranwatch.blogspot.ca. And you can always go to hhforheroes.org for our online reboot combat trauma recovery programming. I wanted to fly.
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Everyone likes to win. Enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are welcoming in my first live show of 2014 with a military focus and a little bit of an unconventional one at that. There are some amazing, amazing people on this planet who are doing spectacular work to serve our military families, and those are the servicemen and women as well as the children and extended family members. And my next guest is doing just that. And it's Mallory Lewis. As the daughter of a beloved children's entertainer, Mallory Lewis has been deeply involved in children's entertainment for her entire life. Following her mother's passing in 1998, Mallory began appearing with Lamb Chop. Some of you or some of us will date ourselves by knowing Lamb Chop at live and televised events, entertaining at thousands of venues as varied as state fairs, performing arts centers, cruise ships, and military bases around the world. Mallory and Lamb Chop have spent a decade on bases all over the world and love touring with the USO and entertaining troops and their families. In fact, Lamb Chop was recently pinned by a Marine general and now makes Mallory salute her before every show. As an author, she has penned 20 children's novels and is a multiple Emmy Award nominee. 
and Emmy a winner for Outstanding Writing in a Children's Series. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy that you're here, too. We have talked about you coming on this show for way too long, and you are here. Ta-da! <laughs> Let's talk about ghostwriting. And you ghost wrote for your mother's newspaper column, which I think I is... I did. When I was a very little girl, my mom paid me 50 bucks a column to ghostwrite for her. And the family joke is that after my third column, I asked for a byline. Right. Fifty bucks was generous back in the day. It was. She paid her people well. <laughs> so, I've passed now, that on. I, I pay my son when he calls my shows. He's been doing it since he was eight years old, um, setting up all the equipment, calling the shows. You know, he he's on a basis with me because of it. Had a good time. And, you know, I think this keeping it all in the family thing, especially with our children, when we go out into the world and we do service work that comes from the heart, that is all about uh, creating joy, when we teach our kids to do this and teach it to be something that is very seamless, you know, in, in their personalities, they end up being much happier individuals as they go through life. I agree. I agree. I actually had a great experience. Um, last year about this time, I got an email from the Department of Defense inviting me to land on a carrier in a tail hook and perform for the troops, spend the night and get shot off in the morning with the catapult. It was it was the USS Carl Vinson, which is the carrier that Bin Laden took his little trip on. Um, and it was really, really fun. It was probably the most exciting experience of my life. Wow, that that does sound like fun. Let's talk about working with Lamb Shop. What is it like working with it with this icon as a sidekick? Uh, it's great. I mean, you know, I know that that really she was the one they invited on the carrier, not me. Um, <laughs> it's just she can't go anywhere without me. Um, it's you know, it's I'm greeted with love everywhere I go. Um, greeted with the love that Mom earned over all those years. So it's quite special. Um, to have people 15 years after mom's passing still coming up and telling me how much they love my mommy. Well, your mom was uh, was and is an icon. I mean, I remember her as a kid. I mean, I, I mean, Lamb Chop, of course, but your mom had character and moxie, that which you also possess, my dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mom was on TV from 57 till 2000. So pretty much anyone 21 and older knows, knows mom and Lamb Chop. Do you work in the same way as your mom with Lamb yeah. Chop, or do you yeah. have your own your own infusion, your own flavor? Well, you know, Lamb Chop is my sister. She's not. I'm not her mother. I'm her sister, and so there is a difference of how she treats me more than how I treat her. Um, she doesn't have that much respect for me. You know, I'm her sister. As far as she's concerned, she's the star. I'm the hanger on, and who knows. She may be right, but <laughs> we have a really good time working together. I, lo- I love, she, I never, I try not to leave home without her. And she's the older sister to boot, so she, she definitely she, she is. Weirdly rank, right? the older, she's weirdly the older sister and the younger sister at the same time. <laughs> well, she's a smaller package. Yes, and she's only six, even though she's almost 60. Perpetually, now that's funny, to be perpetually six. Well, you know, how different is it than the stars were perpetually 27? That's true. Is she there with you today? <laughs> of course I am. Um, 
I'm just resting up because I was in Park City and then New York City. And I only got home last night, so I'm sleepy. Oh, that is precious. That is really precious. Let's talk about your books because in addition to the gig you and Lamb Shop do together, you write. And and you write. I do. I actually am currently doing a blog for Random House, randomhousekids.com. Um, um, so that's my most recent writing project. Uh, but when I was younger, I, I wrote 20 novels for kids, mostly for girls. And if anyone fell down in a hole and broke their leg and needed to be rescued, it was a boy in my books. <laughs> you go, girl. That's right. And and at what for what age group what were these books geared? Those were these... for ages I would say eight to twelve, probably. Um, I guess then they were for more like eight to fourteen. But kids are reading uh, thicker and deeper and and richer books now than they were then. That's true. That's very true. I've got a fourteen year old and a sixteen year old, and what they're reading, you know, I, my sixteen year old is reading um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I'm impressed yeah. because at 16, I would never be reading such stuff. Would you? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is it like to entertain the troops? And set this up for us. Set up the scenario because you are a beautiful woman and you, you <laughs> land Thank where you, you I'm land. Old enough to be, I'm old enough to be their mothers is the problem. Um, well, they, it's, it's wonderful because these folks are truly – Heroes. They are willing to. Um, they're willing to die to defend our right to disagree with them. It's not like a lot of the militaries around the world that are there to make people believe or behave in a certain fashion. Our military is there to ensure our freedom to believe and behave within reason, any way and anything we want. Um, their families are uprooted every two years, often separated. Um, they're they're really amazing human beings, and although I will admit I have a penchant for the young pilots, that's just a personal preference. <laughs> um, we were at a base down in Miramar, and my son was um, in the F-18 flight simulator, having a half an hour um, with a Marine training to use the flight sim. And I was standing outside, and somebody came up to me and said, um, you know, it's your son's half hour's over, would you like your turn now? And I looked around at the beautiful squadron I was standing with and said, no, I'm good, thanks. You can have my half hour. And um, then one of the guys I was standing with goes, wow, who's in there? I go, oh, my son. I said, how old is he? I think he may have been nine at the time, maybe ten. I said, ten. Why? And the guy said, well, he just did a perfect landing on a, on a carrier. And I said, well, Yes, he's had a flight simulator since he was a baby. Because, you know, the kids today are so technologically advanced. So it's great. I love performing for the troops. They're so thankful. Um, and, it, you know, it, it has afforded me so many spectacular opportunities and so many really good friends who um, who I really enjoy. You said something uh, a, a minute ago that I would love for you to repeat or paraphrase the way that you, you said it, and it is about um, our servicemen and women being willing to give their lives to protect the right to disagree. 
with with with, yes. with the government. I mean, you know, or, they they are not. Um, they're they're there for truth, justice, and and the American way. I mean, they're they're kind of like supermen and superwomen. They they really do not do it for themselves. It's not an easy life, even for the officers. Um, although the pilots do seem to be having a ridiculously good time, <laughs> but you know, it's um, there's a camaraderie and a kindness and a sense of responsibility and um, a code of behavior. My boyfriend is a retired Army colonel. Um, I can't imagine dating someone who's not in the military because, you know, military guy says he'll be there at 6. He's there at 6. Military guy, they just take care of stuff. I mean, they're just uh, amazing people. I made, um, we just went skiing in Park City and met these two uh, Marines, uh, a couple. She was a Harrier pilot and he was a helicopter pilot. Um and what lovely, smart, clean-cut, intelligent people they were. And I, you really don't meet dummies in the military. They're, um, you know, they're, there's, it, it used to be that you had a choice, you could go to jail or go into the military. That's not the way it is now. With, with the drawdowns that have been going on, only the best are there. They're, they're not there because they have no choice. Um, they're there because that is their choice. Well, and the values and, and and quality of character that I find with the men and women that I work with doing combat trauma recovery, because I see them mostly when they come home, is astounding. You know, their um, their desire to preserve their families, to recover their sense of uh, dignity, pride, and wholeness after service is astounding. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk more with Mallory Lewis about her and her sister, Lamb Chop, who's uh, sleeping it off over there. Um, to learn more about Mallory's work, um, her speaking engagements, her books, her products, and I'm assuming a link to your blog, you can visit uh, MalloryLewisAndLambChop.com. I'm going to spell that out. That's M-A-L-L-O-R-Y-L-E-W-I-S-A-N-D, Lambchop, as in uh, Lambchop, dot com. <laughs> once again, <laughs> once again, Mallory Lewis and Lambchop dot com. And we also want to talk about um, Sherry Lewis, your mom, and, and and her work with the troops and the USO, because it's my recollection that she too nope, would, would she go not. on tour. She did not go on tour. I'm the first. Lambchop and I are the first in the family. Oh my. Oh, well, that, that is an interesting... But she did other uh, stuff we can talk about. Oh, she did, a, she did a ton of stuff we can talk about, but I thought that she did go on the USO. Nope. So we're going to a break, and when we come back, we will carry on this conversation. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details.
part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast on iTunes. It's free. It's easy. And you will learn what some amazing people are doing to serve our troops worldwide when they return home from duty. This is a military-focused show today when we're talking about out-of-the-box and in-the-box and sometimes in-the-puppet methodologies to help heal. And my guest is Mallory Lewis, who is the daughter of a beloved children's entertainer. She is the daughter of Sherry Lewis and the, I don't know how I would word this, Mallory, the the biggest, oldest, littlest baby sister, Lamb Chop? Uh, Yes, the iconic Miss Lamb Chop is how she (laughs) prefers to be introduced. Um, and let's talk about your mom and how she got into show business, how she started this legacy. Well, my grandfather was Peter Pan the Magic Man, the official magician for the city of New York under Mayor LaGuardia. And he was an old vaudevillian. And so mom was exposed to all of the vaudeville arts, from juggling to um, dancing to tumbling to uh, magic to ventriloquism. And she um, was performing at the age of three. My grandpa would put her... You know, he'd take her on the road with him, and uh, she would perform, and soon she was stealing the show, and then she had her own show, and the rest is, is somewhat history. <laughs> oh. Wow. I, you know, I had no idea, and many of us we don't. Come, we just th- we come from that... a long line of show-offs in our family. Wow. And then Lamb Chop was born when? 1956. Oh, Oi. Yeah, Mom uh, had these two puppets, Cassie Twinkle and Samson something. And she was doing a show with them, and the Captain Kangaroo show called and said, we love you, but we hate your dummies. Do you have anything else? And my grandfather had given her lamb chop years before um, with the sentence, if Mary can have a little lamb, why can't Sherry? Which my mom felt was disgusting, because my mom was a teenager, of course. And she had tossed lamb chop under the bed, but when the captain called, she pulled her out, dusted her off, and lamb chop was born. There you go. Wow, that that is that is a great story. And your mom has something exciting happening. You have um, yes, got, mom. Is, tell us, mom is mom is getting a commemorative U.S. stamp uh, in Atlanta. I believe it's the fifteenth, maybe six. No, the fourteenth of February at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta. 
And then uh, we will be doing the world premiere of, of a new live show that I do the next day called Blanchop 2.0, everything you ever wanted to know about Sherry Lewis and Blanchop, but we're afraid to ask, which is an interview-style show um, with Blanchop and I as the uh, interviewees, I guess, and tons of great old classic footage of mom from you know, her appearance on The Nanny to her singing Lamchop Scatting with Dean Martin in the 50s. Um, so it's a very exciting show and can't wait for the debut. Center of Puppetry Arts on the 16th and then Mom's um, stamp unveiling on the 15th. And this stamp will be available um, nationwide within the United States at the post, post office? Uh, yes, I believe so, and certainly available on my website, MalloryLewisAndLamchop.com. Oh, that's, this is fantastic. And talk about some other gigs that you've got going on. What's, what's in your well, future gonna these be, days, Mallory? I'm going to be in Roanoke um, in February, Roanoke, Virginia, um, doing a fundraiser for the Roanoke Public Libraries. I've done three shows for them over the years. And last time I was there, the ladies who run it, I adore, um, Sheila and Amber. And they were talking about needing a fundraiser to build a new library. And I said, well, consider this a frequent booking program. You've booked me three times, the fourth time's free. So I'm doing that um, and then going straight to Vermont to do a, an event for a charity group called Rhythm of the Rain, R-E-I-N, which um, does uh, help special needs kids by exposing them to horses. So those are the next two gigs that I'm going to be doing. And this ties in so nicely with our theme today of four-legged friends um, serving and being therapeutic companions and the value of the connection that we find uh, with animals and in, in ways that may seemingly appear to be off-center, you know, therapeutically, but work so well. That's why I'm so, that's why I like to, to throw on to the, the truth because I'm four-legged too. I was just thinking about that. And and you woke up. How was your nap? It's not long enough. I'm tired. I, it's exhausting. Plus, I got home last night, and, and my son has finals this week at Viewpoint. And um, so we had the, you know, usual dragging the 14-year-old out of bed by his ear at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's always so much fun. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my well, are you going to be writing any other books? Are there any new books well, that you're... you know, uh, I've sort of got a biography of Mom in the works. A little too early to, to tie down the specifics. But um, that's, that is an upcoming writing project. Um, and um, I have a feature called Black Belt Babysitter, which at least that's the working title, which we looks like is in development maybe. You know, show businesses so much fun. You never know until it's airing whether it's actually going to happen. But um, there's, there's some good stuff happening, and, and uh, I actually have a four-legged friend myself named Walter, my horse, that I just rescued. He's an Arabian. Um, so there's a lot of four-legged... And I think I'm going to be getting a pot-bellied pig, because a friend of mine has a pregnant who runs a rescue, pot-bellied pig. And guess what I'm going to name my pig? Pork chop. Mm. Oh my! But I'm bump. That's I know, very, but I'm so excited. I can't wait to get him little clothes. Oh. Now, now let me ask something about these these pot-bellied pigs. Is this uh, really one of these miniature pigs, or is this one of these miniature pigs that that the sellers originally tell the people who 
you know, no, I've seen the things. mommy. The mommy is only about 60 pounds, and she's very pregnant. And my girlfriend, res- uh, girlfriend who runs Hope Ranch Animal Rescue, rescued the pig uh, from someone who changed their mind about wanting a pig after letting it get pregnant. Bad person. And um, so now she has a pregnant pig, and it seems that, that it seems like well, I'm taking one of them home. <laughs> so. Well, that's going to be an experience for you. I hope you have. Yes. Uh, you know, but I guess pigs are, are fairly... They're like dogs. Uh, you can train them to be go outside. I already have two dogs. She'll just... My, my little piggy will just become part of the pack. And, um, you know, Malibu's pig-friendly, so that's okay. I, I'm having a little bit of empty nest syndrome before my son leaves and filling it with as many four-legged creatures as I, as I can. And, and they're social. Pigs are quite social, right? They, oh, they yeah. They like to hang out. They like to stay, like to sit on the couch and watch TV. They're basically dogs that look like pigs. I mean, they're they're smarter than dogs. Kind of like and dolphins has, in a pig suit. Has a has a lamb chop approved this pig adoption? She has. It's just as long as I don't turn it into a puppet, it's all okay. <laughs> you could be divinely inspired by your by your new baby pork chop. I I think not. <laughs> I think I'll stick with my Lammy as my traveling companion. But I am looking forward to taking my pig for a walk on Zuma Beach. Well, that will be an experience. I don't think I've ever seen any uh, pig walking on the beach down here. But I would I'll like meet you to down there. I'll Please meet you down do. There. <laughs> we'll have to take a little a little uh, snap uh, chat or one of these uh, do a little posting yes. of you know fun with with you and your little pork chop. So yes. that would that would be a friend great. of mine sent me a picture from. Um, uh, Alice in Wonderland, the most recent cartoon of it, of a red-headed queen sitting on her her throne shouting, Get me my pig! <laughs> I think we're all having a pretty good time with, with, with the anticipation, like anticipating a new baby. And when and when is the due date of the baby? Um, I think the baby will be born by March 1st. Wow. So, Around a spring corner. pig. A s- <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> a spring pig. Well, you have been an absolute delight, and I would love to check in again in a few months and see what you're up to and what other magic that you're creating with lamb chops would, on the planet. Where else you've landed, too? I would love to, and I thank you so much. This has been such a nice way to come home, wake up, and, and share the morning with you. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Maybe lamb chop will go with Richard Branson out into space. You should work uh, on that. Only if I get to go with her. Yeah, well, exactly. Of course, she needs a chaperone. Come on. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, Mallory. We will have you on again in a few months. And we have uh, about run out of time here on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And once again, I want to recap where you can reach our amazing guests to learn more about the fabulous Mallory Lewis and Lamb Chop. You can go to www.MalloryLewisAndLambChop.com to learn about Sherry's uh, upcoming gigs, to learn about the stamp that is going to be uh, produced in her mother's honor. And then for our other guest, Barry Westholm, and he is the veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces who is working to raise awareness for um, uh, canine companions for those challenged with post-traumatic stress. You can find him at veteranwatch.blogspot.ca. Again, veteranwatch.blogspot.ca. 
and search Barry Westholm specifically, and that's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M. And finally, but certainly not least, to learn more about A Life of Thai, which is about this wonderful therapeutic dog, um, you can uh, reach out to Deborah Lewis of Channel Productions. She is producing a documentary on veterans with post-traumatic stress and their service dog companions. You can find her at www.channelproductions.ca. Again, www.channelproductions.ca. And finally, here are a few thoughts before we part in case you needed them, and we always need them. And they are, happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guests today, Sherry Lewis, Debbie Lewis, and Barry Westholm, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Next week, we are talking about feminism and betrayal with three amazing authors, Phyllis Chesler, Paula Kaplan, and Jennifer Gomez. So join us uh, next week on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. You can also download all of our podcasts going on four years of our library at iTunes under Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio or me, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. So go out, make it a great day, make it a stellar new year, and wishing you an epic experience no matter where you are in the world or what you're doing. Do it joyfully and do it with a smile. Have a great day. We will see you next week out there in the ethers. Thanks for listening. Don't come easy. Nobody got no time anyway. Somehow. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts.